Welcome to the teacher and the preacher. This program is all about the importance of coming to understand that the Christian community and the Jewish community have more in common than we have been led to believe. Rather than seeing each other as against each other, we need to come to a point of seeing that the statement that our country is a Judeo-Christian nation is much more than just a mere statement, but truly reflects the reality of our nation as it was and should remain. Every week there will be an interesting dialogue about the issues that have divided Jews and Christians and how we can move in bridging the gaps and see that by talking about the issues, we can better move in the direction of having more unity. Unity that will heal and help bring together a nation that is under attack by the forces of atheism, secularism, and a breakdown of family values. Join us now for a discussion between the teacher and the preacher. Welcome to the teacher and the preacher I'm the teacher, Harold Berman. And I'm the preacher, Dave McGuerra. We are so delighted to have all of you take the time to tune in again this weekend. Harold and I both so enjoy having a chance to come into your uh, car or your home or wherever you have your radio at and uh, talk about anything and everything in regards to our, our two faiths uh, and uh, various other events that are going on that are connected with Israel. We use this program as bridge building so that uh, we can learn and value and appreciate and educate our listeners about um, some of the things that really are strong in unifying Christians and Jews and being able to value and appreciate uh, the differences. So uh, welcome aboard uh, again this weekend, Harold. And, And let me just tell you real quick about our special guest. We have uh, Dennis Avi Lipkin with us, uh, which has uh, been a longtime friend, really, for me. Uh, he's spoken at uh, my my church's uh, various uh, times. Avi is uh, born and raised in New York, goes to uh, New York University and knocks out a couple of years there, and then, at the age of 19, goes to Israel, moves to Israel, where he finishes his studies at Hebrew University. He served in the IDF and uh, then uh, has given his time in the reserves as well. He uh, goes on to spend time in international commerce and uh, then some real estate background. And then he begins lecturing, lecturing in in Christian churches and and in synagogues in the U.S., as, as well as a lot of radio and television appearances, and and uh, across the years, he ends up doing uh, hundreds of radio and TV shows worldwide, uh, spoken in thousands uh, of, of churches and synagogues in all different uh, places, U.S., Canada, Mexico, the U.K., Norway, Finland, Holland. I mean, the list just goes on. He's uh, written a number of books, seven of them in particular, and he's also produced uh, some Phenomenal products, and you can you can uh, find out about those as you listen to the interview today. But CDs and DVDs. He's also produced uh, forty-seven YouTubes, and and all of these are free. And I have had the privilege of getting acquainted with he and Rachel, his wife, a beloved beloved woman, and uh, his son Aaron. I have yet to meet Yaakov, Jacob, but. Uh, this is a blessed man. He's got two boys and nine grandchildren. So uh, Baruch Hashem and uh, Avi, welcome to the teacher and the preacher. Great to be with you guys. Likewise. And by the way, your son Aaron was a guest on our show uh, not too far back. That's right. 
That's right. So you do business with the son and the father. Yeah. Yeah. So we keep it in the family. <laughs> I love that. So Avi, listen, uh, let's get caught up a little bit. Our, our Many of our listeners have absolutely no idea who you really are. And, and uh, yet you are a guy who travels amazingly well in both Jewish and Christian circles. And so let's give them just a little bit of a background of uh, how you got connected up with uh, Christians, these goofy bunch of of believers in Yeshua, and uh, what that has led to in what uh, we really want to ultimately get to, which is this amazing birth of a, of a new political party. So why don't you educate them a little bit about your background? Thank you. Well, uh, firstly, I'm 70 years old. I moved to Israel 50 years ago. And um, actually, I, one of the reasons I moved to Israel was because uh, it had been inculcated in me that uh, the Christians uh, are all bad and uh, they hate us. Uh, the Russians uh, persecuted us. The Nazis slaughtered us. The Catholics burned us at the stake. And, um, and even in America, I was born in America and even though no Jews were ever killed in America for being Jewish, rest assured, I was told the day would come that Jews in America would also be slaughtered because it happens everywhere the Jews are. And so I decided in 1968, after writing to David Ben-Gurion, and I got two letters from him, and he said, you've got to come home. I said, okay, I'm going home. So I moved to Israel at age 19. And uh, a year later, I meet my wife, Rachel. She's Jewish. She's Sephardic from Egypt. And she said, why did you leave America? I said, the Goyim hate us. Goyim is a very pejorative term for Christians in America. And uh, she said, we're the Goyim. I said, the Christians. She said, oh, she says, you don't know anything. She says, Christians <laughs> are not Goyim. Christians and Jews are one people. We are the people of the book, the people of the Bible. And uh, the, the, the Goyim actually are the Muslims. Now, the Muslims are very nice people. They're good people. But their religion their God is different totally from the Judeo-Christian God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Anyway, I always listened to my wife, uh, but it took about 20 years before I understood what she was saying. I got invited for the first time as an Israeli army spokesman uh, in the reserves to speak in an evangelical church in New Braunfels, Texas, near San Antonio. And let me tell you, that was a trip, you know, because the people were praying with their hands in the air, and they were crying, and all of a sudden people were falling to the ground, and I thought there was some kind of a plague in that church. <laughs> and then I covered people up with towels, and then after about five, ten minutes, people started getting up one by one. I said, wow, there was a plague in this church, and all of a sudden there's a miracle in this church. What's going on here? And then I heard the, the pastor preach about Israel. Everybody was crying, and it was such an emotional, um, uh, loving experience uh, of Christians loving the Jews. And I get into so much trouble because, I mean, I'm not a Christian, uh, but I go to churches because that's my work. And I say to the Jews, I say to my people, you have to go to church on Sunday. And they say, Oy vey, he's a Jew for Jesus. I said, I'm not a Jew for Jesus. <laughs> but to understand the love that the Christians have for us, you really need to go to the churches and hear how they study the Bible and how they love Israel and how they love God. And the fact is an anti-Semite is not a Christian. And a Christian, a true Christian, cannot be an anti-Semite. Mm -hmm. uh, anyway, so uh, that's how it developed. And as an Israeli army spokesman, uh, I developed the strategy, uh, hopefully, to build Christian support all over the world for Israel. And I've been dedicating my life uh, to this. And uh, what has happened is in the last two or three decades, 
I started realizing that we have in Israel our own Christians who came from Russia, Ukraine, other countries, uh, the local Arab Christians, and none of these people have any representation in our Knesset. And so I decided no taxation without representation. And so I decided it was important that Christians in Israel should have representation. Uh, the only question was, it, will we form a Judeo-Christian love party, a Judeo-Christian partnership party, or are we going to uh, let, you know, turn our backs on the Christians and let them form an anti-Semitic separatist party, uh, kind of like what the Muslims have? And, uh, you know, we say in Hebrew, yachas gorer yachas, a mitzvah goreret mitzvah, avera goreret ariva, avera. In other words, if, if we uh, uh, are commanded to love those who bless us, uh, and if we hate them, well, guess what? Uh, we should not be surprised if we wake up one morning and they hate us back. So my idea is a Judeo-Christian partnership and alliance party. I think we have better chances of Israel surviving the threats to Israel if we have 120 million, uh, million Christians on our side. And that's what I'm dedicating my life to. I love that. And, you know, you, you've put a lot of road miles uh, on your old body and, and some of your vehicles uh, just in the U.S. alone, not to mention many of these other uh, countries that you visited. What's, what's it been like in, in the churches there, like, uh, you know, in, in um, uh, Norway and, and uh, up in uh, Scandinavian countries and uh, any churches you may have been in, in in the U.K.? What's that been like, the receptivity of Christians? Well, I'm, I'm astounded. I'm flabbergasted because I feel the love in every church I go in. I mean, obviously, there is such a thing known as anti-Semitic churches that don't like Israel, but those people don't invite me. The people who invite me, basically, I'm preaching to the choir. And so I'm, I'm kind of, you know, treated like, hey, you're the brother of Jesus, you know. So and everybody, <laughs> you know, re reveres me because I'm the brother of Jesus. And uh, you know what? I, what I do is I take the New Testament. And I show how 40% of the New Testament is Old Testament, mm -hmm. and 40% of the New Testament is Talmud, and 20% is Greek philosophy, which I'm also uh, very interested in. So I, I teach all these things, and, you know, Christians get a kick out of it. I get a kick out of it. And uh, I think I'm uh, very blessed by God uh, to be able to do the kind of work that I'd love to do. Uh, I love God. I love the Bible. Uh, I love Jews. I love Christians. By the way, I love Muslims. I don't hate the Muslims. I love them very much. I love every human being uh, because all of us are created in the image of God. And I go to the churches, and it's like every day is a blessing. Uh, every morning I wake up, I say, which is the first words that every Jew says when he wakes up in the morning. We thank God for opening our eyes out of our night's sleep and bringing us back to our, day, our normal daily activity. Right. Yeah. So... Avi, you know, when you when you say, uh, you know, as far as you go into the churches and, you know, the, the amazing response, uh, you know, just like there are Jews with different mindsets and different attitudes, obviously, with so many uh, Christians in the world, there are, are Christians with a wide range of, of attitudes. Uh, we have a, I have a friend, actually, Dave and I have a mutual friend, Artie Geldman, who lives in Afrat, who... Uh, has been on the show. And I, I sometimes tell Artie he's tilting at win, windmills because he speaks to Christians as well. Uh, he has Christian groups that come to Afrat, but they're not the kind of Christian groups that you speak with. They're uh, very much from the liberal mainline Protestant churches, the ones that are passing the divestment resolutions and so forth. And uh, some of the stories uh, he has, some of his experiences 
are astounding with just the almost, I'd say, denial of Jewish humanity uh, that, that he encounters among some of these groups and, you know, practice of replacement theology and, and so forth. So I think, you know, I, for, for I think a lot of Jews, and I've certainly experienced this, there's sometimes this feeling of, well, who are we dealing with? Because on the one hand, we have these Christians, the ones that you, uh, that, that, that you work with primarily, who love us and love Israel and are so on the same page as we are and, and are our allies and we need them and they need us. Uh, and then there are the Christians, or at least they call themselves Christians, that Artie uh, deals with that are anything but that. So, you know, for the average Jew, they're, they're, you know, they're meeting a Christian, uh, whether in Israel or outside of Israel, and I think often they're thinking, well, who, who is this person? Who am I dealing with? You know, friend or foe? Well, yes, indeed. And actually, as a matter of fact, uh, since you did have my son Aaron on your program, uh, my son Aaron is the spokesperson for Ofra. And uh, he always gets sent all these groups who are, many of them, anti-Israel. And he converts them. He converts them to being pro-Israel. And I'm very proud of my son. Uh, But the truth is, maybe, you know, I don't know how God has set it up, but for some reason, I only go to places where they really love us. And they say, Avi, teach us. Take the Bible and teach us. And that's what I do. Um, With Aaron, many of his uh, so-called Christian groups that are anti-Israel, uh, they are uh, Christians in name only, but they're what they really yeah. are, secularists. Yeah, absolutely. I think, by the way, the other, the, I just wanted to comment, the other point you raised, which I think is a really important one, and I think many Christians, uh, there's really an awakening uh, about this, you know, about the what some people call the Jewish Jesus. But when, when you look at, as you said, you look at the New Testament, and if you're looking at it uh, really through Jewish eyes. And obviously it was a document written primarily by Jews and from a Jewish perspective. So, and if you look at it through that perspective, you, you come up with uh, some different things than, than you might otherwise. And that Christians uh, sometimes do otherwise. And, and, and that opens up, I think, new, uh, you know, new possibilities in terms of dialogue. Uh, absolutely. And, you know, I have to tell you something that um, uh, I, I know we eventually when we have our talks, we have to go into this. But there are things which I say as a Jew who is not a Christian, uh, but to really, really understand Judaism, you do need to read the New Testament and understand who the Christians are, because the New Testament comes out of Judaism. Uh, you have to understand the Quran, because a lot of the Quran comes out of Judaism. And, uh, but the conclusions are, are different than rabbinic Judaism. But uh, we need to be three-dimensional. We need to read all the three books, or rather study the books of the three religions, in order to draw the proper conclusions, which we need for our survival. I agree. I mean, I I think that's one of the things that Harold and I, in in, in visiting with a variety of guests that we have on the program, many of them, I think, are are really well-versed in in, uh, the perspective of the differing religions and and of course Israel Jerusalem in particular is the intersection where all the three greatest religions of the world you know intersect and uh, and while you know it has created you know wars and battles and challenges and division it still isn't it interesting that there's one book that really is the common denominator it's amazing well you know I have to tell you I uh, am kind of a, a, a a player coming in late in life. Uh, I only started uh, studying at the Jewish Theological Seminary to become a conservative rabbi when I was 40 years old, 41. 
And uh, actually, I was rejected for many reasons. But one of the reasons was I opposed uh, LGBT ordination for rabbis. And at that time, they had already decided to do that. And so I'm basically now modern Orthodox, whether I like it or not. <laughs> I mean, I read Torah. I, I, I lead services where I live. I mean, I'm, I'm very comfortable where I am. But my point is that when I went to seminary, uh, actually at the Jewish Theological Seminary, uh, Professor Israel Lee Levine, a very, very famous scholar and archaeologist, uh, brought to our one of our very first classes some verses from the New Testament uh, in order to prove, for example, that uh, Jesus did put on phylacteries and prayer shawl. And that was like an eye-opener because all of a sudden I was saying, here is uh, a source outside of the Jewish rabbinic text that indeed the phylacteries and the prayer shawl did exist. And then I met a, a Greek Orthodox priest who told me that Greek or some Greek Orthodox priests put on phylacteries in the morning, but it's not this, the same phylacteries that Jewish people put on, but they do it. I said, why do you do that? That's a Jewish tradition. They said, Jesus put on phylacteries, so we put on phylacteries. Mm -hmm. So this is a confirmation of, of a tradition that goes back to even before Mount Sinai, when we were still in Egypt. If you look at Exodus 13, uh, Moses commands the children of Israel twice in Exodus 13 to put on phylacteries as a sign. And this is before we cross the Red Sea. So this actually even predates uh, Mount Sinai. But the point I'm saying is uh, it's very hard to uh, know these things if you don't look at texts which are outside of the Jewish context, the Jewish narrative. So when you read the New Testament, all of a sudden you see things. Uh, another thing you see in the New Testament uh, that, that says don't eat blood, don't eat strangled, which is basically the kosher shechita, which is the kosher slaughtering of animals and draining the blood. What I'm saying is in the Old Testament, God says to the Jewish people, don't eat blood, and uh, meaning that uh, it, the blood has to be drained from the animal. And of course, the rabbis developed a very, very elaborate program uh, which spares the animal from suffering. And basically what happens is when the jugular is cut, with, it's like a samurai knife. It's so sharp that the animal doesn't feel anything, doesn't just, you know, the, the heart pumps the blood out and then the animal goes to sleep. And it's actually the most humane way. If we're going to have to eat meat, then we're going to have to slaughter them in a humane way. Uh, because other ways of slaughtering, uh, the, the blood is maintained inside of the animal. And I mean, even the Germans are famous for their blood sausages. Uh, but uh, God sees this as an abomination. So many times, you know, I sit with the Christians, I say, open up to Acts uh, 15 and Acts 21. <laughs> Here's a Jew teaching them the New Testament. It says, don't eat blood, don't eat strangled, which is basically a, a kosher slaughtering uh, cookbook of how to prepare the uh, meat from the animal. Uh, <laughs> I mean, there are many things like that you find in the New Testament. That If you are a Jew and you and you go to seminary and you know the, you know the Jewish laws, and you read, the New Testament, you say, wow, this is in the New Testament. It's unbelievable. But most Christians, it's like over their heads. And so my job also is to teach the Judaic roots of Christianity to the Christians to make their faith stronger. Yeah, I think that's a very, very well-made point because one of the things that the church, uh, that Christianity has really suffered over, and and, and here's even a, a sadder part is that most most Christians don't even know this what what I'm, what I'm talking about but that is that once uh, Christianity cut off the Jewish roots that that they were birthed out of uh, the church has missed an enormous amount most pastors that I that I visit with you know they don't they don't recognize the Bible as a Jewish book 
they don't uh, really acknowledge that it was written by uh, Jewish authors. And uh, to be able to see it through Jewish eyes and hear it through Jewish ears is a whole new perspective. And that, that's really been an unfortunate piece. Nevertheless, it's it's major reality within the framework of uh, Christianity. But, you know, I think you're 100% right. Uh, there is so much we can value and appreciate from uh, learning uh, about our Jewish roots and and uh, having Jews who who become a bit more educated about uh, what Christianity is because uh, both sides get a bad rap in a lot of ways and we do have some checkered history that colors it for sure. If I may also add, uh, you know, for those of us who go to synagogue this last uh, Sabbath, this last Shabbat, we read the weekly reading of Mitzorah, which is about leprosy. And at the very, very end of the chapter, there is something which, you know, we read, I mean, kind of take it for granted, but um, uh, Christians need to read it. If they don't read it, then they don't understand the miracle of the woman who touched the, the back fringe of Jesus's prayer shawl and was healed from her endometriosis. I'm saying that if you read uh, Leviticus 15, 19, that whole section talks about, uh, at first, the, the, the reading of the week starts out with leprosy, but uh, we go then into uh, different types of, uh, uh, of emanations from the body, uh, fluid uh, uh, excretions from men and from women, you know, like sperm from the man if he uh, ejaculates, excuse me for talking a little rough, or women during their time of period. Anyway, it's, it's in, in the, the Torah. Yeah, listen, the, the Torah is a medical textbook. And uh, endometriosis is described in Leviticus 15, 19. In other words, if a woman is bleeding more than her usual seven days or so out of the month, and like in the case of this woman in the New Testament, she was bleeding for 12 years, uh, and what it says very clearly is you cannot touch a woman, you cannot touch her her bed or her or anything she touches uh, because uh, you get the cooties. <laughs> you, can, you become unclean, you become defiled. And this woman goes up from behind Jesus, touches the, you know, according to the, the, the miracle, and her endometriosis was healed for because of her faith. And but the thing is, if, if Christians don't read Leviticus fifteen nineteen, then they just don't. Their understanding of the miracle with Jesus is totally shallow. So what I'm trying to do is say, hey, listen, guys, what you read in the New Testament starts in the Old Testament. And if you really, really want a three dimensional understanding of the New Testament, you've got to go back to the Old Testament. And that's what I do. Yeah, and and that's uh, that's so right. There is uh, enormous amount of the New Testament that comes right out of the old, no question about it. So one of the things uh, before we run out of time here is uh, we really want to have you, um, if you could, stay over for a, a second broadcast where we we really want to start talking about this this uh, new. Um, political party that that was recently birthed, because I think that will be of great interest to our listeners. But before we run out of time, your connection with um, with uh, all of your uh, books, uh, CDs, DVDs, all of those kinds of things, where can people get a hold of those at? Okay, well, firstly, I don't know if I've been banned by PayPal or I don't know what. My, my books are available on uh, Amazon, at least most of them are. So I would recommend if people want more information, I, I think go to my website, avilipkin.net, but uh, people can write to me and then I will, I will give them the sales pitch and we'll find a way to get the books to the people. But, you know, people who are famous like me for being politically incorrect 
uh, are kind of by the international uh, uh, politically correct media. Uh, so have people, you know, write to me at avilipkin.net and I will answer them. And actually, we also are now coming out with our final uh, website for the Bible Block Party. And um, so, but people should stay with avilipkin.net. That's the easiest thing. And then I will direct them to the new website and uh, the new links and the new things that, as long as they're not taken off by the uh, by the Big Brother, uh, you know, cyber police. You know, one of the things that um, our, our listeners, uh, I want to encourage them, uh, check out Avi's books. He's got some really phenomenal books out there. And, and as he said, you can go to Amazon, put in his name, and you can pull up his books there. But, you know, Avi's married to a phenomenal gal, Rachel. Uh, as he said, you know, she's Sephardic. She's out of Egypt. And uh, she ended up uh, spending really her working career working for Israel's radio service in, in Arabic and uh, spent uh, over 30 years monitoring the Arabic language broadcasts on radio and TV as well as the newspapers. And uh, she has a phenomenal uh, input into uh, much of what Avi writes in regards to some of the issues that have arisen under uh, radical Islam and um, and its passion and its purpose. And he does a great job on his CDs and DVDs as well as some of his books where he's really given himself to that, which is why he labels himself as politically incorrect. So anyway, <laughs> uh, but you you can also, uh, you can write him and he's very responsive. He'll, he'll uh, respond to emails that he gets and, and those kind of things. So Avi, great to have you on this weekend and uh, we will look forward to uh, picking up where we leave off today in our broadcast next week. So um, before we go off the air, Harold, why don't you uh, quickly tell people how they can contact us? Well, you can contact us the old-fashioned way by email, theteacherandthepreacher at gmail.com. You can also check out our website, teacherandthepreacher.com. And there you'll find, first of all, archived uh, all of our previous broadcasts. You can listen to any of them uh, at your convenience. And you can contact us through the website. And you can also donate. Uh, we stay on the air because of your donations, your support. And as Dave likes to say, it's painless. You just click the donate button and there you go. There you, go. you can also follow us on Facebook and on Twitter where we post uh, a fact of the day where you'll find news about Israel, about Judaism, Christianity that you often don't get elsewhere. Great. So as we always close off the program, may the God of Israel, who never slumbers or sleeps, may he watch over Israel and all of our Jewish friends, and may that same God bless America. Amen. 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 The teacher and the preacher will be back next Sunday for another discussion on how Christians and Jews can come to once again proclaim that the United States is truly a Judeo-Christian nation. To contact the teacher and the preacher, email them at theteacherandthepreacher at gmail.com. That's theteacherandthepreacher at gmail.com. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and give you shalom. Shalom.